More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome to Hour 3 of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes. I'm going to talk about something this hour that I wanted to talk about yesterday, but I was distracted by me and Zach's birthdays. Looks like I got another, another birthday card. Let's see what this says. When it comes to winners, you're in a league all your own. Oh, thank you. That's why you deserve a big day that start to finish fun. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you, guys. Oh, God. Kyle signed it. Oh, this must be Benjamin because he said, Happy birthday, Sherwin! And it's uh, Happy birthday, Sherwin from Danielle. Happy birthday, Sherwin from Brache. Sherwin, happy birthday. Stay cool. And something. You deserve it. Thanks, Ryan. Happy birthday. You are appreciated. Continue to be great. I can't read that damn signature. Oh, Carrie wrote a lot of words. Sherwin Hughes, I hope you have a fantastic day to the point where you have to boo-boo with your coat on, shoes and socks off, then get in your big nightgown before going to bed in a bonnet. Enjoy your MF birthday, bum. Carrie, Noni, your little birdie. Oh, Carrie, thank you. I'll think of you every time I boo-boo with my shoes off. Yay. Kyle Wallace said happy birthday. And then, oh, Rhea, you even signed it. Thanks, Rhea. And then Alex said happy B-Day. Thanks, Alex. Um, can I tell people who Rhea is yet? I can't tell. No, I guess I won't tell. Jeez, calm down. Mr. Lee... Who said no? Oh, Dion said we're in a maze as black people, and we didn't build the maze. Nah, we helped build it. No, nah, I think we actually helped build the maze that keeps us as black people trapped when we don't participate in this democracy. So we're helping to build the maze. But here's the other thing: we all know that we're in a maze. The thing about this country and white supremacy: once you figure out how to get out of the maze. You're good. Now, they're not going to help you. They're not going to teach you. And if you go down the wrong turn, up prison. Go down the wrong turn, murder. Go down the wrong turn, financial ruin and debt. Go down the wrong turn, a life of criminal activity. Or you can learn from the lessons of people that came before us. And if you know that we're in a maze and you got to get to the end of the maze, you don't know how to get to the end of the maze, you keep going down these wrong turns. Up, single motherhood. Up welfare up bad relationship up drug abuse up alcoholism because you keep going down the wrong turns in the maze and you're trying to get out because on the other side of the maze is opportunity and promise and hope and wealth and a future build a drone if you know you're in a maze build a drone and look at it from above then you'll see the whole damn thing you'll see the entry 
you'll see the exit. And as you look down at the maze, you'll see the white people that have a blueprint in their hand of how they enter the maze. Do, 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 do. They go left here, do, go, do, 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 do. go right here, do, do, do. and then they get to the exit to all the promise and all the opportunity and all the hope and all the best resources and all the best schools and all the best of everything. And you got black folks in the maze bumping into each other, pushing each other down, climbing all over each other. And you got some folks that build a drone and say, y'all go ahead and be rats in the maze. I'm going to elevate above and watch all y'all. And I'm going to know the entry and the exit from my high perched position. How do you get that high perched position? Education. There's a pedestal that reaches to the sky. Let's talk to Derek. Thank you for holding. You're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? I'm doing well. Everyone, happy related birthday to you. Thank you very anyway, much. Anyway, I want to make some uh, comments and statements, and uh, I'll have a question at the end. First one is, uh, in our state, Colorado, I think we lead the nation as far as stolen cars and what happened. I think it's gotten so out of hand, they had a 12-year-old child who went up stealing a car. The guy traced it down, traced it down and it confronted the child. Next thing you know, there was a gun battle and the car. The child wound up dead. Now, the DA won't prosecute, and I think hopefully it won't come to that end. And the father was saying, of course, he was a good child, but what was he doing 12-year-olds in a stolen car is my question. Okay. And the next one is uh, you talk about uh, education. Now, Robert F. Smith has opened up a uh, school, and he's the wealthiest black guy in the country, okay, and that's dealing with uh, – uh, uh, it's an HBC, it operates like an HBC, except it's college. And he's doing 9th, 10th, 11th, because you always heard they can't find any qualified uh, black people or anything else like that. Hopefully this thing works out well, though, transfer this across the country. He's working with Florida AMM, and they're giving, once these kids get out of uh, the program that they're in, uh, they're going to get a scholarship to Florida AM to do uh, – uh, STEM and uh, engineering and everything else like that. That's great. Okay. Okay. And another, and another thing is that uh, they've had uh, some stores. Uh, I noticed. I I don't know about uh, Wisconsin or Milwaukee, but uh, they're starting to close down stores. In fact, the whole uh, uh, the Walmart closed all their uh, Walmart store and in Portland, Oregon, because of all the thievery and everything else like that. And the bad thing about it is this is the only store a lot of the people in some of those neighborhoods in Portland, Oregon have. So you know no, no other grocery stores are going to go to that area. Walmart's had that issue. And the other one is going to be the, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, reading, very important. But the one I have is that uh, they keep on going back to is uh, they talked about is the open injection, safe injection sites. I know you told me that you didn't believe in it, and I appreciate you don't feeling that way. But uh, what do they keep on doing these kind of things? See, I mean, are they wait, are they, Derek, they, you said a safe injection site. People? Yes. What the hell is they that? Keep on talking about these. That's where a person gets their uh, heroin or whatever, and they go oh. in there, and they're in front of a nurse or something like that. Then they shoot up the drugs. They make sure it's safe. But uh, my thing is, they're just slowly ha- having the person kill themselves. Because that uh, heroin and all that kind of stuff, it slows your heart rate. Eventually, uh, what happens is uh, uh, you're, you wake, uh, you don't wake up and because your heart is so weak. And, I mean, uh, you told me, you mentioned that girl who had all these marks and everything. You remember that? 
It was years I ago. See, I saw a girl. girl had a, but you got to keep in mind. So allowing someone who's addicted to heroin, if they just stop, they're like they're going to pretty much die because the the withdrawals will will right. kill them. Doing opioids in a controlled clinical setting, it, I hate to admit it, but it's actually safe. What do you think happens when you get going to anesthesia? You're given opioids in a controlled clinical setting. Guess what? You wake up from the anesthesia. So allowing people to get the heroin that they're going to use anyway, but do it in a controlled clinical setting and at an amount that's going to keep them feeling normal and not overdose is going to ultimately save those people's lives where they maybe can start to wean them off of it. But just allowing people to do heroin out there on the street, I mean, you got the risk of dirty needles and getting hepatitis and all the other stuff, at least in a clinical setting, because they're going to do the dope anyway. But if you do it in a clinical setting, in a right. hospital setting, that we know can save lives. Well, you changed your tune from uh, last time. You mentioned that girl who had all these black marks. You, she, showed you her, she showed you her arm, and the arm looked terrible. You remember that? Oh, this was years and years and years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were talking about when I witnessed somebody and, overdose. And uh, you weren't for it. Uh, you weren't for it because of the, based on what you saw. And it, it's a terrible thing. But uh, uh, aren't you just postponing, we're all going to die, but aren't you just postponing death when you'd have these people just uh, taking drugs? Because most of these people, they're addicted. Most likely they won't go into kind of a treatment center. And I, uh, I only say that because my cousin recently passed in uh, 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 Arizona. And uh, she was in a uh, one of these recovery things right there, and she got hooked up with some guy who was uh, in recovery, and all they did was go together and uh, buy their drugs, and then that wasn't good enough. She, then they would go on the drug web and buy their drugs and everything else like that. I so see. So it I took it took is, me uh, witnessing somebody overdosing and seeing how that that young woman's life just was so disregarded, and I started to see drug addiction. For what it really is, it is a health problem. It is not, oh, just let them die. Of course, I used to have that attitude. Most people do because I can say, well, I didn't get addicted to drugs. You should be more like me. It is a health problem. It is a public health problem, dare I say, an epidemic that pharmaceutical companies profited off of. A lot of these people are on junk because they were prescribed opioids that doctors didn't know were addictive, but the pharmaceutical companies did. So when people overdose on heroin because they no longer can be prescribed the opioids that they were originally given, like that's a that's a problem that we all have to deal with. Like, I don't just say, oh, well, let the junkies kill themselves. No, we don't do that. We have hope in people. We don't give up on people like that. Okay. One other thing I want to say, what do you, what's your situation? What would you tell that, uh, get him at the, the child who stole the car and uh, who, uh, um, and uh, what would you say to that? You think the DA made the right decision of not prosecuting uh, that person who uh, killed this uh, 12-year-old child, black child. So I would have to know uh, all the details. Said, uh, of the, I'd have to know all the details well, of the wait, case. Wait, wait, like, I can't just make an assessment well, based upon it. you retelling of the 12-year-old child. Here, let's be clear. Colorado is a gun state. Y'all are the wild, wild west. In fact, y'all had the first major school shooting that put school shootings on the map. So gun laws in Colorado and what people can use to uh, defend property is probably a lot different than Wisconsin. So I cannot speak with any kind of authority or knowledge on what that D.A. decided based upon the information that was presented. Is it sad that a 12 year old child got shot and killed? Of course. Is it a terrible thing that a child you know, stole a car? Well, that's not a good thing either, but I can't give my assessment without knowing the details and the facts of the case. I mean, it's, it's well, sad. I understand every state is different, Correct. but I'm just saying, what would you, uh, I understand every state's got different gun laws, 
Benign saying is that uh, they're trying to tighten up the gun laws. Benign saying before they he, he would have got a uh, uh, and, and he would have got involuntary manslaughter, but this time, due to the fact that they've had so many cars stolen, mm-hmm. uh, people have had to change his tune. Uh, you had the kill boys, and they had people stealing cars left and right, mm-hmm. and the p- person tracked them down. And he said, I want my car back. And next thing you know, they wound up having a shootout and the child. So you suggest the shootout like the child was armed? Because if the child was armed, oh, yeah, you're going to get shot. Absolutely. If that child had a firearm, I don't care if you're not. And there was a a shootout between him and uh, some other passengers. And the the car was uh, probably the child probably didn't have a gun. Well, well, then that's called that's self-defense. The then the, the prosecutor probably made the based upon what you're telling me, the prosecutor made the right decision. The prosecutor's not going to say, no, 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 that armed child was 12. You're going to go to jail. No, it's self-defense or self-defense. If a seven-year-old is shooting at you, you can shoot a seven-year-old and not go to jail. Okay, so the, the person made the right decision. Is it coming to a point all across the country you think that uh, uh, somebody steals your car. You're going. You're going. There, people are getting sick and tired of the cars being stolen. They're sick and tired of these, um, and the stores are getting sick and tired of people coming in there, shoplifting items out of stores, and they're just going to start closing stores down left and right, like Walmart did all the, the uh, stores. Let's in, be uh, clear. Walmart has no obligation to stay open if they're not being profitable. I think people think that oh, there's a Walmart here to help service the needs of the people to buy products and to get groceries. No, Walmart is in business to make money. And if for whatever reason, if Walmart right. oversaturated themselves in a certain metro area, they're going to close stores. Like They don't care that people come to rely on those Walmarts. If Walmart is not returning money for their shareholders, they're going to close all the stores. That's why we have corporate downsizing. The less employees you have, the less overheads you have, the less buildings you have to maintain, the more profitable for your shareholders. So we can't get too attached to Walmart because Walmart ain't attached to us. But, Derek, I do appreciate your call. Okay. Thanks a lot, Sherwin. Thank you, yeah. Derek. Uh, Al, I know you've been hanging on forever. Al from Sherman Park, that is. So, Al, you hang on. I'm going to take a break. Got a bunch of text messages I need to read. And I got a story I got to get to. See, y'all keep doing this to me. You're not letting me get to the things I want to talk about. I want to get to this yesterday, and it's the American Civil War didn't end in 1865. Based upon this article, still going on right now. Here's the problem. The North doesn't know it's still being fought against. We'll talk about that in a second. The truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 1017 FM will be right back. It's the truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, the truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Tune into the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on Thursday, March 9th at 5 p.m., as Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice candidate Janet Protasiewicz joins Dr. Ken for an interview, they will discuss why she believes you should vote for her to join the Wisconsin State Supreme Court on April 4th. Again, that is Wisconsin Supreme Court candidate, justice candidate, Janet Protasiewicz. On Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, Monday, March 9th, 5 o'clock. The Black-Owned Business Give Back is back. We have again teamed up with Associated Bank to help local black businesses grow and succeed together. The home of Milwaukee Black Talk will be giving away $5,000 worth of commercial advertising for three months to five black-owned businesses. To sign up for this opportunity, visit blackbusinessgiveback.com. Let's rebuild our community's backbone through exposure on 1017 The Truth. For official contest rules, head to 
blackbusinessgiveback.com, Associated Bank member, FDIC. I want y'all to stay tuned because I'm going to give away a chance, an opportunity, like a lottery ticket to win $5,000 through our Gruber One Call That's All Cash giveaway. It's a lottery ticket that you don't have to pay for and you can win $5,000. Let's talk to a patiently waiting Al from Sherman Park. Al has been very busy today. Many calls, a lot of things. Sorry to keep you waiting, but you have the floor. What say you, Al from Sherman Park? Well, belated happy birthday. I didn't mind waiting because I made my lunch. Oh, all right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So I, I like what you're saying on the education piece, and I don't know how we get back to uh, valuing education. I don't think it's that the Asian kids are smarter. I think that their parents have a different value uh, on education, and it's very highly valued in uh, many of the um, Asian uh, communities, uh, especially, um, I, I would say, the East uh, Indians, because almost every um, uh, person from India that I've met like the base minimum, they expect their kids to be doctors <laughs> or, or get an MBA. There's no, like, in my case, going to culinary school. No, that, that's, <laughs> that's her kid. acting school, dancing. No, that, that's not serious. You got to be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or, or, or MBA. Um, and one of the things that I learned, um, and I spent eight years with Milwaukee Archdiocese, and from the inside, I noticed, because they have a big push on uh, private schools, and a lot of those private schools are being filled and expanded by Latinos. They have a great love for private, Catholic, religious education. And I don't know if you've ever seen Crystal Ray. Did oh, you yeah. ever see Crystal Ray? Mm-hmm. That's I a have. big campus. Uh, it's like, what are they doing with that? obsolete pick and save store and then i saw it was a whole campus and that's that that school like came out of nowhere <laughs> it just blew up um i said what la casa got private school and there's a whole host of catholic schools with latino kids but we as african americans need to start valuing our education um so when i came up uh in 1969 i was born in 65 my parents sent me to saint elizabeth's catholic school now, the Catholics have been very good to getting black children good education because uh, St. Elizabeth's became a Harambe community school by the time I hit uh, the first grade. So that was Harambe community school. After I, uh, we moved out to Brown Deer, um, I went to Brown Deer Public Schools in, I started in 1974 because that's when we moved out there. But that was the first time I ever attended public school. Um, and then after the, I graduated, um, High school Brown Deer, I went to Xavier University, which is the only black Catholic university in the Western Hemisphere. Okay, but again, you, our, I can say our future relies on having good, educated African Americans, and I don't know why we let like the Democrat Party have the teacher union tell us that we don't need vouchers when Polly Williams fought hard to get that voucher program for us to, to not have it expanded so that more of our children can get good education. You know, if, if public schools really wanted um, 
to fill their um, their rooms up with kids, put out a good quality product how? and learn how to get how? they can't because well, the schools are being funded through the values of the property and property in black neighborhoods is worth nothing. So even if they wanted to have all the academic enrichment programs, the advanced placement and all the things, they can't because of how we fund education. So that is the fundamental flaw. They can't. But your your but your your dollars for the whole public school system of Milwaukee is not based just on your immediate neighborhood. It's based on the entire uh, city of Milwaukee. I've I've never seen the state dollars come in and say, "Oh, this is just black neighborhood." money because they do find yeah, a no, way no, no. To it. go, go to wife go, go find a house in whitefish bay and where you're paying twenty thousand dollars a year for property taxes that money is funding whitefish bay high school period full stop they ain't no, getting money about, from the north side of the city of milwaukee to fund whitefish bay high school property values are directly tied to the schools that are in the municipality where they are collecting the property dollars period i'm talking about the city of milwaukee so where did the the white people send their kids when they're in the city of Milwaukee? University school. Okay. Dominican. Oh, well, Pius. So they, 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 St. They, John Antietam. Divine for, Savior, Holy Angels. For the <laughs> okay, they pay for those private schools, but still, still there are some white kids still going to the Rufus Kings. Well, Bradley's a, a tech school now, right? Yeah, I'll tell you um, how many white kids go to NPS. I'll tell you. Um... 7,000 out of 80,000. Nope, 7,000 out of 10%. So it's insignificant. And they're going to go to the highest performing schools. Now, this is all of the NPS schools, the high performing elementary, middle, and high schools. That is where more often, these white kids ain't going to North. They're not going to whatever Custer is, whatever Marshall is, whatever Madison is nowadays. Yeah, that's where they're going. They're going to the highest performing schools. Well, I was going to say the other side of that coin is the people that teach us, that belong to the teachers' union, where do they send their kids? Private schools. And what kind of education do they Private yeah, schools, kind of or they get on the inside to? track to get into, like, King, Riverside. Yeah. yeah, they don't send their kids to garbage school. Yeah. So we have people advocating for uh, basically keeping our kids, uh, how can I say, less fortunate on an island yeah. of um, mediocrity or less. Uh, while their kids go to the best, and those, yes. we, we just need good product, educational product across the board. Right, but if you do that, you're going to increase the competitiveness of black kids, and that doesn't mean like that's not a Democrat thing or a Republican thing. That's a white thing. They all work in that's concert to make sure and it is. But if your school, if your neighborhood school is one that's failing, chances are your kid ain't going to be the one to excel. I'm just saying that's just not. Okay. How that goes. How did we get so brainwashed to think that excellence is white? Because that's that's the examples that people see. And we know that excellence knows no color. But if your school is underfunded and if they are heavy handed on zero tolerance when it comes to fighting or disagreements where the kid is now going to get expelled. We got to deal with that, too. Our schools are more of a pipeline to prison than a pipeline of opportunity into college and high-paying jobs. They focus on discipline all too often where you get kids in whitefish bait. Like, they got to literally bring a gun to school to get expelled. I would love to see, rather than a um, youth prison, maybe um, what we would call a boarding school. Maybe it would be a military-type 
boarding school. Uh, and that could be publicly funded. And that would be for the most challenging of kids. No, some uh, of those, those kids got to be, they got to be incarcerated because they don't have any discipline. So I don't care if you, they don't respect a drill sergeant or a military style regiment. They're not going to do it. They're not going to get up on time. They're not going to make their beds. They're not going to participate. In fact, they're going to do more things to get kicked out than they are to actually get value out of the program. We make it seem like, oh, if we just build something really strict, then the kids are going to fall in line. No, they're not. These kids don't respect their parents, their grandparents. They showing up ain't going to respect somebody who's trying to give them discipline because they never got discipline at home. So you're saying some are just unredeemable and they just will be locked up for a period of time. Yeah. But think about the number of people that do get incarcerated and they find the way like they learn the actual lesson. Maybe rehabilitation worked for them. So in some cases, people, they got to go to jail. They have to. You can't redeem everybody. And some kids need the discipline that only comes from confinement. They can't put them in a special school. We can't spend more money with an experiment thinking like, oh, if we just give them a lot of structure and we keep them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that they're going to turn out okay on the other side. There's no guarantee of that. Some kids, depending upon what they do, if they shoot somebody, you don't get to go to a boarding school. If you shoot somebody, you're confined. Well, I wasn't thinking of the boarding school as complete freedom. It would be a confinement, like you don't get to leave the campus. Well, the um, correctional facility is going to be much more like what you're speaking of. It isn't going to be a prison with bars. These kids are going to have rooms. It's going to be heavily focused on rehabilitation and providing the services that the kids need. We're just not calling it a boarding school. Okay. So if we believe that crime is a function of education level, should we maybe not try? I mean, maybe, should we not try harder to make sure that the kids are getting quality education across the board, even if we have to require them or confine them to it? Yes. But the Republicans control the Wisconsin state legislature and the budget. And if we say, okay, we need to invest as much in a child's education as we do in incarceration, the Republicans are going to say, nah, this system works perfectly fine just how it is. So you make it seem like it's just a a quick fix that black people can do. There's not enough of us to make an electoral impact statewide, especially in some of those Republican-controlled districts out state that have been gerrymandered to make sure the Republicans stay in power, which diminishes our voices here in Milwaukee. So it's not like black folks are doing something wrong. There's not enough of us here in Wisconsin. That's why so many black folks leave. They go to another city. They go to another state. Like This is not our but fault. You like, I'm, you're trying to make it seem like, oh, if black people just did that. No, no, a lot of this is not our fault. It is the system that has been built and solidified before we even got here. But you got to uh, try to make those compromises because I guarantee you there are going to be a lot of Latino parents voting Republican to keep school choice and to expand uh, school choice. So okay. they're also going to vote for Republican. They're going to get larger... their asses deported, though, too. So let's be clear about that. <laughs> so No, you'd be surprised how many are actually legal. I know a lot of legal okay. Latinos. OK, you have a good day. You too. Thank you for your call. Oh, damn it. Oh, no, we got it. I was going to do the Gruber thing, but we can't do it because we got. This is two long winded people. So you just want to have them hanging on forever? Well, it's 32 after. I'm running out of show here. All right. Y'all need to hang on if you want to win some money. I still ain't got to the damn story. Rhea, 
This is your fault. Where's Zach at? Oh, exactly. The typical light skin response. Yeah, yeah. Now, right now, you mean? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Why not? One call, that's all. Oh, my God. One call, that's all. That's right. Now's your chance to be entered to win our one call, that's all $5,000 giveaway. Damn it. You heard me. That's $5,000. Be caller number 7,000 and be entered. <laughs> Can I just do call number two? No, that's not fair. Call number five, be entered to win $5,000. Remember, if your loved one's been injured in an accident, call Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Be call number five and win an opportunity to get $5,000 richer through the Gruber 5K giveaway. For official contest rules, visit 1017 the truth. Right now, 1017 thetruthcom You know the damn website. 833-212-1017-833-212-1017-833-7. And call number five will be in. You ain't, that's not a guarantee you're going to win it, but your name is going to be put in a hat. To win $5,000. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. In the 163rd year since the American Civil War, the Confederacy continues its recent resurgence. Its victims include black people, of course, but also immigrants, Jews, Muslims, Latinos, trans people, gay people, and women who want to exercise jurisdiction over their bodies. The Confederacy battles in favor of uncontrolled guns and poisons, including toxins and streams, mercury from coal plants, carbon emissions into the upper atmosphere, and oil exploitation in previously protected lands and waters. Its premise appears to be that protection of others limits the rights of white men, and those rights should be unlimited. The Brazilian philosopher of education, Paulo Freire, once noted that, quote, the oppressors are afraid of losing their freedom to oppress. Of course, not all white men support expanding that old dominion, but those who do see themselves and their privileges as under threat in a society in which women are gaining powers and demographic shifts are taking us to a U.S. in which white people will become a minority by the year 2045. If you are white, you could consider that the Civil War ended in 1865. But the blowback against Reconstruction, the rise of Jim Crow, the myriad forms of segregation and deprivation of rights and freedoms and violence against black people kept the population subjugated and punished to the present in ways that might as well be called war. It's worth remembering that the Ku Klux Klan also hated Jews. Back then, even Catholics, that the ideal of whiteness was anti-immigrant, anti-diversity, anti-inclusion, that Confederate flags went up not just in the immediate post-war period of the 1960s, in the 1860s, rather, but in the 1960s, in the civil rights movement to oppose it. Another way to talk about the United States as a country at war is to note that the number of weapons in circulation is incompatible with peace. I'm going to read that again. Another way to talk about the United States as a country at war is to note that the number of weapons in circulation is incompatible with peace. 
We have 5% of the world's population and 35 to 50% of the guns in civilian hands. More guns per capita than anywhere else and more gun deaths, too. Is it any surprise that mass shootings, an almost entirely male and largely white phenomenon, are practically daily events? Many synagogues, Jewish community centers, black churches, and public schools now engage in drills that are preparations for the gunmen who might arrive, the gunmen we've met in so many aftermath news stories who is miserable or resentful, feels entitled to take lives, and is well-equipped to do so. The psychological impact of drills and fear and the financial costs of security are a tax on another people's access to guns, and so are the deaths. Let's talk to Gary. You're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I haven't been listening periodically, but not able to call because I'm working so much. But I got a couple little points that I want to talk about. Actually, there's three. We'll start out with the one you just mentioned about guns uh, in the hands of citizens in the United States compared to the world. Um, I bet you the Ukrainian people, uh, I bet you they wish they would have been armed with weapons at the time when the Russians invaded rather than waiting uh, to get guns from the United States and bullets from the United States reason we're armed here because uh, in this country is because we, get, we have that right. This right was given to us uh, 200 some odd years ago. And it's for uh, so the government wouldn't come down. I mean, how would you like to I mean, who knows what's going to happen in 20 or 100 years from now? We might be living in a communistic country. And Gary, people might do, you, just do you know, let's, let's be clear, this, this is not 1776 when we had a whole bunch of muskets. If the United States and its citizens, we have the right to a well-armed militia, if we took up arms against this nation because it became tyrannical, do you know that the military has got cluster bombs? Do you know that the military has got drones? If there's a collection of people who want to take up arms against this country, the military would send up a drone and blow up an entire city. So we got to be very clear in the year 2023, we as civilians, I don't care how much ammunition you have for your AR-15, cannot do battle with the American military. We just got to be clear about that. So now we well, have the guns to protect our own personal property, which invariably is going to mean basically more suicides. That's that's all. This more kids are going to get shot. More kids are going to find guns. More kids are going to take guns to school. More kids who don't have coping mechanisms are going to bring that gun to school and blow away their classmates. But it's good to have the guns so we can do battle against the U.S. military that have drones. So there's that argument. No, I, I, I'm not making a point about oh, okay. Ukraine. I'm not even talking about yeah, well, not, not comparable, about not not comparable. If Canada decides that's just, if we invade Canada, like oh. we'll wipe Canada off the map. If Canada tries to annex like North Dakota, like that wouldn't it, it wouldn't be Americans that would be taking up arms against Canada or the U.S. military would destroy and melt all the ice in Canada. So we can't say, oh, the Ukraine, right. they're glad they have. No, no. The situations are incompatible. And, and Ukraine used to be okay, a satellite so. of the Soviet Union anyway. So Russia just wants oh, what course. it used to have 30 years ago. And, and if we didn't support Ukraine right now, Russia would just be going into all, all the countries and just taking everybody over. So I, I, I'm in favor that we're helping them out. I don't like the fact that we're just giving them money to go out there and spend on whatever they want because they're not even a NATO country. And if they were NATO, then we're, we're obligated to help. And if they were a NATO country, Russia would have never invaded them. Okay, so that's that point. The other thing is I just want to get your opinion on it, and I'm not – 
here to argue with you. I'm just giving you a, a uh, conservative opinion on it. Did you hear what Eric Adams, the mayor from uh, New York, happened to say this uh, last week about prayer in schools? Did uh, you hear I, that? I didn't hear what a New York mayor says. I live in Milwaukee. Okay. This is, I know, but I'm just telling you what he okay. said. He said the Supreme Court in 1962, when they uh, took out prayer in school, he said it was a very bad decision. And this is coming from a Democratic mayor, not a Republican mayor. This is a Democratic mayor. And, I, and you know, I, I have a lot of respect for him because the ACLU, the Americans for Atheism, went after him. They want him to retract, and he said, just because I'm mayor doesn't mean I hang up my cross. You know, no, I'm the mayor. It was a bad decision. Uh, I, I, the morals have gone away from the kids in, the, in schools, and taking away prayer and outlawing that it was a bad decision. And I, I respect him for what he said. Now, the last point, I'm not Al, so I don't want to ramble on, uh, is uh, Kelly versus Prosuayics uh, for the Supreme Court. Okay, now, I just want to know what your opinion is on this. She is a a Milwaukee County judge. Uh, She's extremely soft on crime. Uh, She doesn't really punish anybody. She doesn't want to put anybody in prison. So she slaps her hand, you know, slaps the back of these kids' hands or the adults, whoever, that, that, you know, are going in front of her court. Um, She's already said that how she's going to rule on, on, on things on gerrymandering, Act 10, the abortion issue. How would you like to go in front of her, and she's supposed to be a, you know, a, a balanced, level judge, knowing that she's going to uh, rule against you because she already told everybody that I don't like young black men that live in the city of Milwaukee and if they come into my, I'm not saying that she said that, but I'm just using this as a for instance, that you know that you're going to lose. No judge should ever go out there. You know, if you watch the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, when these people go in front of the Senate, they never tell how they're going to rule. The Republicans, the Democrats, they say, well, no, I have to rule on each individual case. So if they bring an abortion case to me, I will have to study it, and then I will decide at that point how I'm going to rule. She already put her thumb on the scale, said how she's going to rule on Act 10 and uh, on abortion and gerrymandering. What kind of judge is she? She's going to have to excuse herself, and any of those three things come up because she already said how she's going to rule. Okay. You cannot do that. Well, and if she doesn't she's excuse gonna win, herself, I'm going to tell you why, because— because Dan Kelly has got affiliations with pro-life groups and he wants to uphold an 1849 abortion law, like back before we had modern medicine, like that's where Dan Kelly is. And here's why Janet is going to win. This is why she's going to win a majority of the votes, even in Waukesha County, because women are voting in this election for something that was fundamental, that was constitutional and given to them for 50 years. It's been taken away. So I don't care what she said, where her thumb is on the scale. Dan Kelly has literally no chance. And that's just what it is. There are more people in this state that believe the constitutional right for a woman to have body autonomy, and that election is over. I agree that I don't think that Dan Kelly is going to win. Now, if if the Republicans come out in droves, well, he'll win. No, they won't, because Republican women, here's what they're not telling them. Conservative women are voting for reproductive freedom, maybe not for themselves, but for their daughters and their granddaughters. But, Gary, I got to leave it there, but I appreciate your call.
The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 1017 FM. I'll be right back. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Congratulations, Truth listeners. You've heard me talk about the dream of owning your own home with Axe Housing, and our community is finally making homeownership happen. In fact, 145 African-American families successfully purchased their first home and became homeowners for the first time in their lives. They worked with their Axe Housing coach to to create a plan and a budget, and on average, they doubled their down payment with all the down payment assistance grants available through Axe Housing. If you're not dreaming of home ownership by now, you should be. You can get started on virtual orientation by clicking on the truth link at axhousing.org. That's A-C-T-S housing.org. Don't let where you are financially today get in the way of your bright future becoming a homeowner because Axe coaches are here to help. That's axhousing.org. Tell them old Sherwin sent you old big mouth Sherwin and run his mouth all day long. Wesley says, good morning, Sherwin. Were you still able to fit in your birthday suit last night or was it a bit snug? No, my birthday suit always fits real good. Jay says, happy birthday. Thank you. It's also Jay's son's 22nd birthday. Well, happy 22 to Jay's son. Mr. Lee says, my intentions also was to tell you happy blessed day. I know your birthday was on the 6th, so happy belated birthday, big brother. All apologies, no apology needed. 262388 says, Lazy Days by Paul Harcastle. Oh, you heard that, Paul Harcastle? Sherwin, were you at the DMV with Shanene? I almost hate to admit it, but yes. Tying your name on the line. I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. There's The tablet is not working. The tablet is working just fine. Time your name. I said, I can't. Tying your name. Very mean. The lady at the DMV. Jean says, Carrie is so sweet. <laughs> you don't know her. JB2 says, no child left behind. Hurt our kids more than help. The social emotional debate would say flunking hurts them, but did not begin, but not being able to read hurts too. What would we rather have? School system is a tool for success, but not for a solution. Blame falls on the parents. Blame falls on the lack of societal safety nets. COVID showed us how important schools were to communities. They really need to be overfunded, expanded, and become resource centers, information on services, food banks, et cetera, for those neighborhoods. You know what, JB? I agree. Schools need to be pillars of communities for the entire community, even adults that want to get some academic enrichment, even adults that want to take college level classes to be able to do so at a publicly funded high school. Problem is you got generation, what, two, three, four out of MPS that all their literacy levels are low. Like you have a whole house full of people, a whole community full of people they cannot tell you the benefit of education because they never got a good education. So therefore they reap no benefits. The other thing we overreacted when it came to COVID kids were the least likely to get COVID. We were scared for a handful of adults, right? The kids needed the schools to be open. We could have taken precautions for them. Kids. The schools shouldn't have closed. I'm, I'm telling y'all we messed up when we did that because the kids were allowed to form bad habits out of the supervision of their parents because most black and brown parents couldn't work from home. 
we could work from home. We had those kind of jobs, but most of our people had to go into work. And the kids is at home because school was closed for a whole damn year learning virtually. Let me tell you something. If I was in high school and my mom and daddy was at work, okay, Sherwin, log into the computer and go to math class. I'd have been somewhere smoking weed and having teenage sex. That's what I, but good thing there was no COVID in my day because I'd have had a lot of teenage sex and a lot of weed. That's what, and I might have stolen the Kia. I don't know. Mike from Mill Road says, good call from Al from Sherman Park. Craig says, be Andre number 3,000 to win right now. I did call number five. The caller says, number of weapons per capita incompatible with peace. Great take, Professor Hughes. That actually was from an article in The Guardian. Sarah says, happy birthday. Thank you. And DJ Brother Z sent a damn article. On that note, Sherwin out.